0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcast.org. Parshas Vayera 5783. We're going to deal with the Perek Yudchas Pasek Lamed Gimel. It says, Vayelach Hashem Keshakilu Lidav Avram HaKadosh Baruch Hu left after speaking with Avram when Avram failed, if you want to say it that way, not being able to... to grab Saddam to allow Sodom to be to, to not be destroyed. If Avram shoved him come and Avram went back to his place. So Rashi says when the defending angel, in this case, it was Avram who had nothing left to say, that's when the judge, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, left. When the judge left, that's when Avram left, and the accuser was allowed to prosecute as he saw fit, meaning Midas Adin was able to do whatever it was. That was when the Malachim, the two Malachim went into Sodom, that's when they destroyed the sister is says Akadosh Baruch Hu truly wants the defense attorney to put up a good fight. He wants the defense attorney to say the right things, to give a, give a reason not to destroy them. Since, he does not want the death of a Rasha, when there's nothing left to say, that's when Midasidin comes in, swoops in, and finishes the job, and that's exactly what happened over here. We're going to discuss that idea and how it works at the very end of Shir, but for right now, let's go with a simple explanation. The simple explanation behind this passage seems to be the Orchai Mekadosh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want Avram Avinu to ask him for anything less than 10 people, and therefore, he left before he could ask if there were nine said he came in the city. He was up to ten. He went from fifty to forty five to forty to thirty to twenty to ten. And before he could ask for less than ten people Accurashbar who so to speak got up and left and wouldn't allow him to ask for that. Maybe Avram even knew it was going to happen. Maybe Avram knew that, right, which is why he says Acha Pa'am this last time by the number ten. Maybe that's that way. Then it says the exact same thing that either Avram and Vinu knew it, but either way that who left before Akkadh before Avram and Vinu could ask for anything else. The Alshich says something very similar. He says Avram wanted to save them so badly, he would have kept going and going even all the way down to one, but Akadosh Baruch Hu stopped him. He was prepared to spend many more hours, Avram Binu, davening and begging for the souls of Sodom and Amor and Adman Svoyim and Soar, right? And even the Malachim knew this, and they wouldn't go to Sodom until Avram Binu had finished, so to speak. Ad, Asher, Kasher Kilo, When Akadosh Baruch Hu stopped, that's when they went through, just in case. He was, caught, he was going to be able to cause Akadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, to retract and to relent and to allow them to live. The Abarbanel says, however, that Avram knew when to stop. He knew he wouldn't win with less than 10. He knew that less than 10 was going to be impossible, and that's why the Nebuah ended after he got to 10. Rashi seems to say the same thing in the previous Pusik. That's the idea behind it. The Erba seems to combine these answers together. Based on various Midrashim from the Medrash he says that a defense lawyer will stay with an argument as long as he can until he sees the judge wants him to go to a different one. If the judge indicates there's nothing left to do and this argument's not working, that's when the defendant must stop. Avram kept going with one argument. Are there 50? Are there 45? Are there 40, 30, 20, 10? Until he exhausted it completely and then he stopped that direction and was about to open up in another direction and try to start a different argument. And at that point, when he was about to do that, that's when Akadush who left him. When Akadush who got up and stopped, indicating that no other other argument could be made for them and he's correct at stopping in the number 10, not going any further, and that any other argument would have made, maybe it would have, maybe not, but HaKadosh Baruch who didn't want it. And that's what it means by Yelech Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu stopped right there, Keshach Kilo Lidabra when he stopped speaking over him. Not that I Avraminu mean was done talking, but rather when he felt that this argument is gone, no other argument is going to work. The then wonders, don't we say Tzadik Yesod Olam, that Tzadik is the foundation of the entire world? Couldn't one Tzadik be enough to save the entire world? Why do we need ten or even two said he to save these cities it could be only one and that would have been enough he answers this is only by a tzaddik mufla and not by anybody else A mufla i think he means muflug but maybe it's a different word like an awesome tzaddik an unbelievable tzaddik perhaps avram would have been able to save the cities had he lived there but nobody there was good enough to be able to do it. so even though tzaddik yesod olam and one tzaddik would have been able to save the city there was no one like that among the people that were there the mamloes from the zohar points out the tremendous humility of avram but look at the anivus over here how can he not ask for at least Lot to be saved. He couldn't even ask for that, which seemed to happen in the end anyway, because of his merits. Why didn't he at least he at least ask for it? He had to ask for fifty, forty five, etc., as if he wasn't good enough to be able to help his own nephew? Seems a little weird. It must be that he truly thought himself of himself as Uffer the Afer. That wasn't just a line that he was saying to a Baruch Hu. He truly thought, I am Uffer, I am Afer, and therefore he never thought that his merits were enough to be able to save anyone, even his nephew or his family. And that's why he didn't say anything about Lot himself, only asking if there were enough people in the city to be able to save all the cities, but not about Lot. The Nitziv says that perhaps Avram would have davened for Lot if given the chance, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu left. That's, Hashem left him and didn't give him the chance to do so. That's how the Nitziv said it. It's similar to what we said up above. But Hashem either didn't want him to do so, or he was already going to be saved by Malach, so it didn't matter he didn't have to daven for him. This may also show the greatness of Avram. You know? and what's the greatness of Avram? Not only is that nevus that he didn't think to daven for Lot. In this case, he did think to daven for Lot, but he knew you don't push you don't push any further. Once you get to a certain point and everybody understands that's what it's supposed to be, he didn't go too far. Avram was willing to go to war against four huge kings that were more powerful than five kings in order to save Lot, but he wasn't willing to go too far to save Lot when it came to a Baruch Hu telling him no. When Hashem said no, he said, okay, that's what it's supposed to be. It seems like Avram and his fields weren't accepted. And that seems what it's supposed to be over here. He lost. He lost. That seems what it, what it is. Rav Kineski points out from Tephar that his filas did work for the future. And it calms any anger or destruction that could have been caused through his actions. When the stipler passed away, Rav arrived at the cemetery before his, before his father's body. And Rav Nussin Einfel turned to him and said, So many filas throughout the world were made for the stipler and still we were in Zeichah. Right? That's what he said to Rechaim. Rechaim answered He says, those teals were not wasted. He said, they annulled some terrible decrees against Kla Yisrael. There were terrible decrees, and those teals took care of them. This stipler himself said about tefillahs that were made for of Shneir Where Rav schneir Kutler was dying the stipler said if they don't work for him in this world they'll work for him in the next world if they don't work in this Gogol, they'll work for the next Gogol. if not for him then it'll work for his generation no tefillah goes to waste and that's the idea behind it that even though it seems that avram was not successful he was just not in this way the imri noam says it was one last thing for avram Vinu to do and he did it avram was filled with chesed but understood when to do din. Hachem is usually din when acting as a dying, but he can judge, he can judge, even with the shame of rachamim. He can use Yudke Vavke in order to judge. So they switched places for a bit, says the Imre Noam, to cause a little bit of rachamim to apply for Sodom. So you thought that it didn't work, but it did. Instead of being made as a din against Sodom, it was made as a rachamim against Stone. HaKadosh Baruch, uh, Sodom, HaKadosh who, so to speak, Ha-Biyacha went into Avram Venus' place, right, into Chesed, and that's why the shame Havaya, Yudke Vavke, is used over here when it talks about destroying Sodom, Well, Avram Went back Como to a place of din until stone was destroyed, and that's the place of din that he was able to go to a little bit later on by the Akeda, right, to be able to do what he needed to do for Yitzchak But this only worked for those who deserved some form of rachman. So it could be they died quicker, maybe they died in a different fashion. Something happened for them in stone, but they did get rachman. Those who were truly evil died in a horrible fashion, but the other ones got rachman because of Avraminu's filah. Their death was maybe swift, their death was quick, their death was different than what it would have been otherwise. That's how the Emir Noam put. So his fellows did actually work over here. Let's go back to the words Vayelech that HaKadosh Baruch Hu left. Rabbeinu Ephraim points out that the word Vayelech doesn't really apply to Hashem. Obviously, Hashem can't go anywhere, right? This is only as in, in order to help us understand how Hashem works since the Torah speaks to us in a way that we can understand things. So in Derech Eretz, right, Parakeh, says we learn from this Puzzle, this Masechus, Derech Eretz, from this Puzzle, that when one leaves their Rebbe or even their friend, they should ask permission to leave before leaving. Kashir kil ledaber. When Avraminus stopped talking, it says if Hashem I'm leaving you now. I'm leaving you now. I want permission. The funny thing is the Rambam doesn't mention the Salachah in Hilchus Deus. He does not say that a person is supposed to ask permission to leave before he leaves which deals with proper means. Even the Shulchan Aruch doesn't mention the it. Salachah because what a Talmud does for a Rebbe. When a Talmud does for a Rebbe itself it's added in by the Ramal. Something strange about this. Are you supposed to ask permission? Are you not supposed to ask permission? It is a little bit interesting. This Sphona says this passage also shows the Tzidkus of Avraham Avinu. He didn't break his concentration which you need to prophesy properly until the Kadesh let him know he was done. This is unlike Khyin, whom it says Vayate say Kain, and left from in front of a Baruch who He just walked away while Cutter Sparkle was speaking to him. I Avim mean, did not go until a Baruch who left. Once, once that was finished, that's when Avram Bino went away. So we have three Tzitkos ideas of Avram Bino, whether davening for him, his anivus, his ability to understand what he was supposed to do and when to stop, or this ability to not break his concentration until al Baruch Hu told him it's time. Where did Avram Bino go? Avram Bino went when it says Shovlin Komo, he went back to his place. Where did he go? There seems to be four distinct ways of answering this question, right? There are nuances between the answers, but four distinct ways. Number one is the Ibn Ezra says he went back to Chebron, or Eil imamre, right? The of B'chai says Eil imamre, but he went back to and Eil imamre after this. This vision happened when he saw the Malachim, right? When he saw sent the Malachim off, when he left with them, right? From a place where he could see the city of Sedom. Although the pasuk indicates that he saw Sidon in the beginning of the morning, the very next day, which means he didn't go home. That just means it was during the day. Sidon was not destroyed at night. The Emes talks about this as well, but it doesn't literally mean that he was staying there at night. He went home, right? And he saw film at some point destroyed later on. Nonetheless, the Nitsiv does not think this could be true. Since he got up the next morning, diving in the same place. It indicates he went back to the same place. He didn't go home in between. He spent the night in the area. He didn't go home afterward. So that can't be where Avram Shovlim Komo. cannot be that he went back to his place, to his tent. So the Yonason says this idea teaches us a lesson that at a time of risk, at a time of anger, which it certainly was, a time when Sodom was going to be destroyed, even the greatest Sadiqa must hide in their tents so they're not caught up with the punishments of the other people of the generation. That's why he went h- back home to his tent. So according to the Ibn Ezra, the way he's saying it, and maybe the of Bahaya, that he went back home, it's because that's where you have to go. When you know that anger is happening, when you know things are going to be destroyed, even if you know you're not going to be part of that destruction, i even who knew he wasn't going to be destroyed with Sodom, Nonetheless, you have to go back and protect yourself. Even on a Lil Shemurim, like on Pesach, they were told not to leave their houses, right? That's the idea behind it. So he went home, he hid, so there would be no Kichur on Him. And that's something that we should understand, says soon as we learn from over here. But again, the Nitziv doesn't like this answer. He says, he seems to have stayed overnight in this area. So how could the Shavlim and go back home? How could that be? So now we get to answer number two. The Medjugorje says, this Pasuk is telling us the difference between the Nebuah of Moshe and the Nebuah of every other Navi. All other neviim, and including Avraminu obviously, went back to their original state when their se- their session with a Baruch ended. After they finished their nevuah, they went back to their mukum to the needs of their body. They did what they needed to do. Everything was shove limkomo. You got your nevuah. You spoke to a Baruch Now go back. Only Moshe Rabbeinu was different. Moshe is was the only person who was different. He never went back to his original state after he received a He never went back. He remained with the Kaddish Baruch Hu the entire time. Abram was Shavlem Komo. Moshe Rabbeinu never was Shavlem Komo. He was uh, was omade, omade with a Kadesh Baruch Hu and stayed wherever he was. The B'chai explains that when a Navi is an nevuah, he's entirely sickly, in a, like a mind state as opposed to a physical state, taken away from any physical feelings and remaining a, remaining a soul that's pure and clean. When the Shechina left him, he went right back to his original physical body, he began to feel the world around him again. That's what happened to Avram Binu, while Moshe Rabbeinu never felt that way ever again. The Torah, Morris says, is a special mila of Avram Binu, that Although he davened for quite a bit over here and asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu for numerous requests, when it was finished, he was able to go right back to what he was doing before. And if he was not in the voble. he wasn't messed up from the Navua. That's an amazing thing. Think about having a davening where you mamish got into it and you were crying and you were davening and you felt like you had a conversation with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And then you finished the Shimon Esr and you're back in the world. You're going to be like, whoa, what just happened there? I, I can't believe I just went through that. Where am I now? That's the idea. Abram Vinu didn't do that. We didn't, he, he immediately went back. By Shliat zibur by Birkas Kohenim, we said that Shliat cannot answer a main to the Kohanim's brachos if he's going to be Mavavol himself, if he won't know where to go back to. This is the idea of your, Avon was able to be Shav Limkomo without having any issues. He was able to go back to where he was without thinking about it. That. that was as close to the Nebuah of Moshe Rabbeinu as you can get but he wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe Rabbeinu was completely let go of. He was always at a constant feeling of a laden height, of a height, close to Akadosh That's it. Yeah. That's how the Torah more puts it. Now, in Paneach, the Raga says this whole Parsha was one long nevuah. Those who know the Rambam in Mori Nebuchadnezzar says that from the beginning of Vayera up until now is all one big dream. All one big dream, one big nevuah. from the words Vayera, love, Hashem, until here. In Safnas Paneach, the Raga says this as well. Right, once he received a bris mila, he became like a koin gadol. He says the one who wears eight begadim, like the eight days of mila. He was able to reach heights that others couldn't, so to speak, as if he was in the kodesh kadashim and the level of the ur mitumim. After this, he went back to his original state because he didn't need it anymore. As a head Hedyot, he was only able to see visions, right? Nothing more than that. This is all through the power of the tefillah of Mincha, he says. Safnas Panayach says through the tefillah of Mincha when he began davening a bit after midday. His Shacharis was never on that level. His Mincha was on that level. And perhaps that's the reason why Elio Anavi realized that Nini Hashem had to be said during Mincha. He davened at the time of Mincha when he did Anharakarmel and he davened to Akadosh Baruch Hu, for his Corbin to be accepted, etc. Since that tefillah connected to the Ketores, right? Being Makater oneself to a Baruch Hu, has a special power that other tefillahs don't have Maybe that's why we call it mincha, a gift over anything else. There's a lot to this, obviously, because the Ketoros is in the morning as well. I don't totally understand this Trevor, and understand exactly why mincha is going to be more special than any other tefillah. It's even a Gemara that Eliyo Navi only daven during mincha because that he was answered, but he could have daven shakras, he could have daven mara, a Gemara and Brachos. I think it's on Davov. So it's a little bit of a strange answer, but it's something, it's there. The of Ephraim says the word shav lim komo plus the two words is 520, which means ba bitfillah. The idea is, again, that Avrahim spoke to Akash Hu through his power tefillah when he finished, he finished Davening. And he finished davening, similar to how the Torah Moore said it. The Yamloi says he was davening all day long to save the cities. Only when Akarash Baruch left him did he stop davening for them, knowing he had no permission to ask any further, like we said before. The Alkir Shuni says, when Abraminu davening, he was so mevatal himself to Akarash Baruch as if he was bustled by Matthias. He had no muckom. So all of a sudden, when he finished davening, he's no longer bustled by Matthias. He was shoved limkomo. He went back to a muckom. He had a place. He was back in the Matthias of the world as if he, he was gone and then he came back into it. All of those answers have to do with. Again, makom being a Tfila sort of thing, a nevuah sort of thing. Okay, so again, so the first answer through the Ibn Ezra and the way the Tveras and explains it, and maybe the Rabbeinu B'chai is that he went back home, right? That was the idea. And then these answers, the Yaakov Gershuni, the will find the Toph the Torah, or Rabbeinu B'chai, and the Medjah Gadol are all saying that it was referring to Tfila, some form of Tfila or nevuah that he got. Now, the Kedushas Levi is a third derech. This means that abraminu was never bothered by his failure, that it seems like his feeling didn't work. Again, Imri, Noam, I'm notwithstanding. He went right back to what he was doing before, davening and trying to find merits for the people that had none, the people that had absolutely none, trying to help them, even when HaKadosh Baruch rejected him in that time. The Mashiloch talks about this as well. He understood that it didn't matter. I'm shuv limkoma. I'm going right back to what I was doing before. I'm not going to stop my, my my derech just because it didn't work this one time. Everyone knows, this is what the Kedush Lady did his entire life. He was trying to find merits for Claudius Yisrael when there were none, like when he asked the Shamish to go find Chomet, Center of Pesach. And obviously the Khashamish couldn't find any in Center of Pesach. And yet he asked for tobacco, which was ostered by the king of the time with you know a jail sentence, and he found tons of tobacco. And he said, Look, I'll rebunish all them. Look at your people. Your people are w- are not willing to break your laws, but the laws of a king, right, who's right here and could punish them, right? They're willing to break. Like that thing over there. And also the man who wasn't fasting on Tishabab, he was fast. So he went up to him and said, On Sholda, excuse me, do you realize that it's Tishbaab? He said, Yeah, of course I know. Do you realize that because the Chorban base make Mikdos? He said, Of course I know. Maybe you don't know that we're supposed to fast on Tisha, but of course I know. So the Kedush Lady looked up to HaKadosh Baruch and said, HaKadosh Baruch he doesn't know how to lie. Jews don't know how to lie. Even when they're embarrassed, they can't lie. It, like, that's what the Kedush Lady did for people who had no merits. He was willing to adopt for them, and he never lost that derech. Once he saw a man that was fixing a wheel on his wagon, and he was saying kriyashma at the same time. And he said, and even when they fix their wagons, they're saying kriyashma. That was the way the Kedush Lady looked at everything. He looked at everything that way. That's the idea behind what Avraham Vinnu did. He was shoved, he went right back to what he was doing before, he did not think to himself, eh, I must have failed, this is not the derech, this is the derech, and he kept doing it. Similarly, Torah's Chaim ben says, Avram ben did daven quite a bit, he was surprised that he wasn't answering the positive, but Shavlim como. He was not one of those who got upset. When things went wrong, he was ma'ayin bitfila and he feel, felt like something wasn't wrong. That's how to act when we feel that our tefils are being rejected. You feel your tefils aren't being answered. You feel like nobody's listening to your tefils. Just keep going. Just keep going. That's the idea that he says over here. That's Farish Loma. The Redamsky says the exact same piece in his second piece. He talks about the exact same thing. You see what he says there in the first piece as well. But in the second piece, he says, like Don't feel rejected with your tefils just because a Kurdish Baruch Hu seems not to answer you. That's not it. There's something else going on. And you have to understand that. There's something that a Baruch Hu wants from you. Riv Schwab says, we never see that Avramino had any is against the Kurdish Baruch who argued with him and anything that God did up until this point. You don't see him arguing with Hashem about how did you let my wife be taken by Paro. He didn't argue with that about Avimelech. He didn't ask about Lot with the four kings and he had to fight against the four kings by himself. He assumed, correctly so, that everything that Kurdish Baruch Hu did for was for the best. Here, however, he argues and claims that his people deserve to be saved. And that's why the Passogos tells us that when he finished, and Hashem does not allow him to save those people and they didn't go anywhere right Avram went back which means he did not question HaKadosh Baruch Hu's decision and from that point forward he accepted it as the absolute truth so it's not just the way the Kedusha's Levi is saying it that he went back to his place he went back to understand the same way that he understood before him that everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is 100% true when his tefillahs were rejected then that's when he said okay then everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is absolutely true I'm not going to question anything anymore and that's that the base of suggests that the word Shavlem Komo is the Lashon of chuva to the Makom Sholem because he realized he wasn't good enough to save these people so he had to do Tshuva he would be better so he could save people like this in the future unfortunately nothing like this ever happened again right but on the, nonetheless he wanted to do that now now we have a fourth answer we have a fourth answer again so that with Shavlem Komo is he went back to what he would do originally he never stopped himself from doing it or he went back on his to what he was originally accepting Akash Baruch Hu's word as the absolute truth of B'chai has a fourth answer and that is that he went back to his Mida of chesed. He went back to his Midah of Chassid to continue doing Hachnasas Orchim. Now, this is similar to the Kedusha Levi, but instead of saying that he went back to Limkomo to do what he was doing before, it meant he went back to doing his Midah of Chassid. He went out to look for more guests. Maybe that's the Pshat Niyah Ezra that he went back, as the Rabbin says it as well, then went back to Elunei Amre. He went back home immediately because he said, okay, now I have to find something different. When he saw that nobody was going to Sidom anymore, he moved his tent. That's because there are certain people whose place is what they normally do. And that's Avram Dino. His place was what he normally did to be able to save people like these in the future. That's the of B'chaya. The Tam says, he points out how amazing this is. He just saw how Kadosh Baruch Hu appeared to him directly, right? He was told what Ratsan Hashem was, what it was going to be over here, and he was given permission to daven for the people of Sodom to be saved, and yet still was willing to go back home and do what he normally does. He could have chosen a life of aestheticism from this point on. He could have said to himself, look, I clearly have an, a power of Nivua, and a Kadosh Baruch Hu wants me to daven for other people out there. He could say, like, you know what? I'm going to work on my Yisbodidus. I'm going to work on my Dveikus to Maybe I'm going to get other Neboos. Maybe I can save other people. Maybe I'm going to be able to do others. And as for Acharnas Zorchem, I'll have other people do it. I'll have Yishmael do it. I'll have Eliezer do it. I'll do other. I'm more important than that. I should be doing something else. They should be doing Ahnas Zorchem. Maybe I shouldn't go back and I should be doing something instead and do my of Rehokim. In truth, right, this is what Avram Vin did. He went right back to his Hachnas He went right back to his Kira He went right back to teaching them aleph Bes and brachos, even though he was on a much, much higher level, emulating HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Oev Esager and shows his Anvis his humility. That's exactly what Avraminu did over here as well. That's an amazing meter. That's how Rosh Sturmbach points out. The Meshach adds that this shows us. HaGidola Hachnas Zorchim Yoser me. um um I'm forgetting the wording over here. More than accepting the face of the Shechina itself. If our lives, I just made a mistake over here, that's the reason why it didn't work out well. If our lives were supposed to be about connecting to HaKadosh Baruch about connecting to Hashem through Nebuah itself, then Avrino would have never allowed this connection to be severed, right? He never would have allowed it. He would have continued his tefillah, since he was someone who continued growing throughout his entire life, and he wanted to become greater and greater and greater. If he felt that the highest level that a person can get to is that devekis to HaKadosh Baruch would to speak to God and to be able to have that, then he would have continued doing it. But he didn't. He went right back to Achnas Sorchim, which means he felt and he's teaching us that a greater level than Dvaikis to Hashem and Vua is to have Achnas Sorchim, is to do achnas Sorchim. That shows us Kidol Achnasorchim Yosimikabalas Pineshina. That's how the Meshikama puts it. That's beautiful. derech Haqabala, says Rabin Bakhaya, right? This means that the midah of Chesed above went back to its place. Is represented by Avramino, you know, obviously, that is the meat of Chesed, and allowed Midas Adin to be shown, since there was no schus that was to be found for the inhabitants of home. Only after Midas Adin is Moskin, to Zakar Baruch who allowed Din to rule. That's exactly what happened here, since Midas Adin is subjugated and subservient to Chesed due to the Akkad of Sitzkok, where Din is taken down by Chesed, by Avramino you know, itself. That's the whole point of the Akkad in the first place. That's why I understand the, the concept of Rav Chesed in this world, and it's exactly what's happening right over here as well. And that's what I meant when I said at the very, very beginning. Beginning of the She'er, I said that from the Sif Sakhamim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu truly wants the defense attorney to put up a good fight. He gives them a reason. He wants them to be able to live when there's nothing left to say. That's when Midas Adin comes in. Midas Adin only comes in when Midas Chesed is finished. That's what Avram Avinu is teaching over here. First Midas Avram. Avinu comes along. He is the one that's Midas Chesed. Then comes everything else. And that's the whole point of the Akedah. The entire point of the Akedah is to show that Midas Adin is subservient to the Midas Chesed, to the Midas Avram Avinu. When the Bruce grew up, was still young. There was a young Jewish man in the army who was caught deserting, or whatever, sleeping in his post. There's a question about which one it was. The punishment of such an infraction was death by hanging, as we all know, but everyone was allowed a clergyman to meet them before their death. That was contingent, right? The contingent, I'm sorry, the the contingent of uh, the army was right near Brisk. So they came to the Rove, the Brisk Ruv, who at the time was a very young person, and they asked him to come to give the soldier his rights before death, but the Brisk Ruv refused to go. The townspeople, who knew that the Brisk Ruv was still young, they weren't sure the Brisk Ruv understood how dangerous a move that was. They were afraid to say something. Someone else came and told him, you have to speak to the soldier. You have to come speak to the soldier. But again, the Briscoe rub refused. It happened a third time, right? And people were getting very worried. They knew that the Russian army was not a very nice army. They had no patience. They were afraid of the repercussions, not only for the Briscoe rub, but also for the city, but also for the city. So eventually another soldier came and told the rub, you didn't need to come anymore, right? The soldier was pardoned by one of the higher ups. So the people of Briscoe had doubted him before. They obviously wanted he's a miracle worker. He's a chassid, right? All of a sudden, the Briscoe Rub being a chassid, they wonder, are you a Balmofis? They said to him, how did you know this is going to happen? How in the world do you know? So Rav told him, it's no miracle. They wouldn't kill the soldier without me going to meet him. So that means that the death was contingent on me going there. If I go, the soldier will die. If I don't go, the soldier won't die. That meant he had no permission to go. Even if many people would be killed because of it, you can't kill one person who didn't deserve to die to save the many. That's halacha, right? If the non-Jews come to a city and they say, bring out this one guy or will kill all of you, and that guy is not deserving of death, unlike Sheva and Bichri with Serach Bas and Yoav, right? But if they say the guy's not deserving of death, he can't send him out. Since he followed halacha, Kaddosh Baruch Hu allowed the soldier to be saved. But that's exactly the lesson that we can learn from something like this. That again, chesed has to overrule din. Chesed has to overrule Din. You have to understand what is the level of Chesed and what is Din, but Chesed always seems to rule over Din. And that's that. We're going to end with this for right now. That's how I understand this possible of Avram Shevlin Komo. We had four different explanations for Avram Shevlin Komo. Again, did it mean that he went back to his actual place? Did it mean that he went back to his Tefillah slash Nevuah? Did it mean that he went back to his original Midos? Or did it mean that he went back to his Achnasis Orchim to do what he did beforehand? All of those are great answers for Avram Shevlin Komo. And the first part, obviously, is by What does it mean by everybody, have a great Shabbos. Thank you.